William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Three o'clock hour starts. We're going to get into the college football playoff in the Las Vegas Bowl in about 20, 25 minutes as John Sassenti from the Las Vegas Bowl is stopping by here. Silver 7's. So sitting in front of us now is the uh, GM at Silver 7's. We talk to him every once in a while. Jim Sims joins us. How you doing, guys? Oh, well. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You feeling okay? Uh, feeling good. Glad to be with you guys today. This is uh, this is the season, right, Willie? Mask up. I know <laughs> yeah. you don't want to get sick. I got a little bit of a cold, so uh, now I think I'm going to mask every time I travel. I got it. Traveling down to San Diego. So what have you been doing? What's been going on from a sports standpoint? I know you go out to all the games, you know, when you can. Yeah, I've uh, been heavy into fantasy football. That's going relatively well. I just saw that uh, Waller and Renfro, or, uh, Renfro are on the, on the IR now. So I bought a ticket to the indie game a couple months ago, kind of wishing I would have held off on that one, but uh, <laughs> should be a, a sizzling barn burner with the under and uh, 41 and a half. I, I, Do you have a lot of Colts on your team? Can you imagine playing fantasy football right now with what's going on with that coaching staff? Yeah, the, the biggest bust this year is Jonathan Taylor. He went number one. I had him in a few places, and uh, Jeff Saturday could be the highlight uh, coming back on the field this, this game this Sunday. It's going to be a challenge. Were you able to jump the crowd, because I did not, and get Justin Fields as a viable option as a QB2? I did. Uh, most of my uh, most of my teams, I took a quarterback late, so it's been Kirk Cousins and a mix of a few other people. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's been good. But uh, Derek Carr, I like the moth to the flame. I had to start him in New Orleans and uh, got, oh, no. got, got burned on that a few times. But, no, I got Fields in about a half dozen. He's, he's been absolutely insane, his productivity, just the way he's running. So he's been the hot pickup, and uh, we'll see if he can. He's, they got a tough schedule at the end of the year, but he should have a few good games in front of him. So tonight for Thursday Night Football, and we got a VGK game starting up at 4 o'clock. The 77-cent beer special is in effect. Absolutely. We got uh, Mick Ultra, Butter, Bud Light bottles, 77 cents, uh, best deal in town. Again, VGK, four, and then uh, Thursday Night Football. I won't mention the teams. It's NFL. Come down and watch. Uh, it's good times. It's good times. Um, what do you think of the night so far? I uh, I think, like a lot of people, are pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, it's they've been off to an incredible start. Uh, new coach, obviously, Cassidy, had a lot of success with Boston. Uh, consistent, you know, in, in the playoffs. I think his system is kind of goaltender friendly, and that's kind of helped us bridge the gap uh, with Leonard being out and, and Logan Thompson. And, uh, you know, it's been just incredible. It's been fun to watch. Um, the power play is much better. Uh, the, the way they're, they're handling the puck in their own is much better. And I don't think anybody anticipated this kind of start to the season, but we'll take it. So, Willie, is it goaltender friendly, or is a lot of it Logan Thompson? Can we make a decision? Yesterday, uh, Candy basically declared, hey, Thompson's the guy. Are you ready for that? He's absolutely the guy. Okay. I have been saying that. I said that during training camp that he was he was ready to take over this team. He was ready last year and because he was thrown into the fire when he needed to be. And I think Peter DeBoer knew that, and he was ready to you know hand the team over to him. But powers that be wanted Robin Leonard to, to go as far as he could. But I think that that little bit of time and with the pressure that was involved – prepared him mentally to do what he had to do. This is a guy who was the AHL goaltender of the year. There's only one place you go from the AHL. That's to the NHL. When you're the goaltender of the year, where, where's the next step? There's only right. one way you can become great, and that's to play in NHL games, and he's proven it. Your thoughts on Thompson? Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, you know, he's, he's, been, he's got a lot of tenure. Um, he's 
played really well, went through a few games at the start of the season, and just his positioning, is it, some of the saves are just, you know, flurry-style saves, I guess you would say, with the reflexes. Uh, they've had a long road trip, but they did really, really well with it. I think there was a little bit of uh, fatigue at the end of it, but uh, no, I, I think he's the guy. It'll be interesting. Brassois uh, going to start his reconditioning down at Henderson, and then we'll have a decision to make on who's going to be the number two if they're carry three goalies, but I think LT's the guy. Let's talk about the holidays. So you guys got a lot of cool initiatives here at Silver Sevens. What do you want to start with? Uh, just a bunch going on. We got it, November is kind of our multiplier month. We got uh, 11 times points Tuesday, Wednesday, and 15 times points on Monday. And then we're doing our 250 uh, free play drawings every Friday, Saturday, uh, starting at 8 o'clock every hour. But the big thing I wanted to mention that, and appreciate the time is we've got a holiday toy drive that we do where if you bring in a new unwrapped gift, uh, we're going to give you $10 of free play, and then from uh, November 20th to December 12th, we're going to take all those gifts and give them the Salvation Army to help families with underprivileged kids. So we're excited about that. Joe, I want to talk to you just real quick. Just, you know, you, your background, I believe you were, you come from back east, right? You're in yeah, Toronto Delaware. guy, yep. Yeah, okay, you're Toronto guy. Yep. Okay, I got some family up there. Um, and, you, and, and you were in Delaware, and you come out here, and, and now you're here. I, I say this all the time to Steve. You know, I, I this is an iconic intersection. I, I grew up here. I've been here since 1972. I used to hang out in this place when it was the Continental. The one thing right. I appreciate when I do the Thursday show is the integrity of old school Las Vegas. You know, everybody wants the glitz and the glamour of going up and down the strip. That's great. But, like, for old school knock around Vegas guys that want to feel old Vegas, this still has that feel. How did you, when you got here and took over this place, how did you sort of come to embrace and understand the importance of keeping old school Vegas part of that vibe in here. Well, this is my third tour duty in Vegas, and uh, originally was at uh, Paris in '99 when they opened. Okay. And, and in all the markets I've been in, I've been in a lot of them: West Virginia, Cincinnati, Toronto, um, out here a couple stints, Northern Nevada. But four words that I was taught uh, on the strip were "think like a customer," and that philosophy I've kind of extended through everybody here. Everything we do is is kind of think like a customer, and we know who we are. Um, we try to be keep it real. We try to create a value proposition for our customers. And I've always, you know, I, I, it shows how dated I am, but the old Cheers TV show. We want to sure. be a place where you come and you can be yourself and we're going to be, you know, down to earth with you having a good time. One thing the staff does when you know, we get to dress up for football games and hockey games, we'll throw in our jerseys and stuff like that. I think our employees appreciate that. So just just kind of down earth, where would you go? What, what would you like? That's that's what we're about. Jim Sims is with us here from Silver 7. Let's keep going, Willie. No, I, and you know, it's funny you say the Paris. I remember that that time. That was when uh, they had an old school guy there that I was, when I used to run around in there, was John Avello was the uh, head, yeah. head of Bally's and Paris. They were connected. You, you, yeah. you could connect it. So there was a lot of old school vibes. So I just, I mean, I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, we just recently heard about that they're, that they're going to, tear down the volcano over at the mirage and that was the i mean when that went up yeah we all went all us old school guys were like here comes the resort time and like people don't realize that was originally mirage was what was originally called the resort and that was a big deal let's go down to the volcano you mentioned uh, John Avello. That's total old school. I used yeah. to go down there on my lunch break and talk uh, odds and spreads with him. Sure. Uh, but he, he was a phenomenal guy. But that's what it was. It was a lot of people, a lot of guys that uh, total pros. Uh, and, and it had that vibe, that feel to it, even in a place like that. But, you know, it's interesting. we got a lot of development going on around us. We've, uh, we've done a lot of work. We've just put in the new cafe that I know Steve's mentioned a few times. We're going to be upgrading the hotel rooms again. We're doing some more things on the floor. 
Um, so we're we're going to put some money into the place, and we think this is a really good spot to be. We're we're excited about the potential, and we're gonna we're gonna walk the talk. Silver Seven, 77 Step Beers tonight for both the hockey and the football game. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little more Tom Brady and all the trouble with these breakups. Jim, I appreciate it. Thanks for stepping in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Take care. Get 77 cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on NFL and Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. Let's go! The football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, let's get into it. Football frenzy time. We got John Sassenti sitting in with us, so we'll talk a uh, little college football coming up in a little bit, a little travel as well. What's going on, John? What's happening, fellas? A little road trip today, huh? A lot of memories I got at this place. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We were just talking oh, to the GM, day, so. Jim Sims, and uh, yeah, Willie was saying the same thing about the old Continental, right? Yeah. So, so quick story. I um, when when you go to UNLV, if you're from out of state, they require you to live in the dorms your first year. Right. So I lived in Tonopah Hall, which was you know right down the street here from UNLV, and you put a you put five floors worth of freshmen that are 17, 18 years old, and inevitably everybody's acting like an idiot. So easily two to three nights a week, we would somebody would pull the fire alarm. They'd have to clear out the whole building. You'd be sitting outside for 35, 45 minutes. Um, and then probably after f- about the first week or two, we figured this is stupid. We're just sitting out. So we would always get dressed, go outside, and then one person would drive us over here to the Continental because they had 75 cents all-you-can-eat pancakes. So three days a week I'm eating all-you-can-eat pancakes at like 2 in the morning. Uh, that freshman 15 went on quick. Dude, the, 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 back in the day, we used to come in here on Friday nights or Saturday nights, sit in the, but go, make bets for college for pro football, play blackjack. And then the coffee shop was downstairs just across and we would and sometimes you go in there and if you was on a run, you just order the food and they bring it out to you, but <laughs> I mean the food it was it was like having it was like an old school like like going to a coffee shop in an old school casino, like the Sahara coffee shop was like that was a treat. You know what I mean? Like going to a big restaurant in town. You know what I mean? Like, to, like, to, like we're going to go to the Sahara. We're gonna, can we go to the coffee shop? Like, forget about the dining room. Let's go to the coffee shop. Like the Continental was like having an old school coffee shop mixed with a greasy spoon. Yeah. That, like one of those, like like the old, you know, remember the old White Cross uh, on Oki? Did you ever go in there? There was like a, it's a kitchen. It's no, a greasy spoon I don't kitchen. remember that oh, one. And I think it was like called Catherine's <laughs> or something. You know what I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah. That's how this was back in the day when the Continental. I mean, just phenomenal food. Well, this is, this is that's exactly where we got the 75 cents all you can eat. Yeah. Yeah. 24 yeah. hours a day. Right. Yeah. So you had, you had four or five 17, 18-year-old college kids rolling in here at anywhere from you know, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Sure. Uh, a couple times a week. And, and trust me, we definitely got our 75 cents worth. <laughs> Let's go, Ari. <laughs> All right, Willie, what's going on with the Pac-12 with uh, USC-UCLA game coming up down the road? So <laughs> it's funny because the Pac-12, they hold the trigger here to somewhat they're saying, could, will they sabotage – the game, because obviously you have these two powers, right? Well, who the, sabotaged the game? The conference, because could they, could, as far as what time it could be, could they change the time? Because now all of a sudden, if they put it on, if they decide to put it to late, change the, the time to late, 
college football committee, playoff committee, right? Are they going to stay up late and watch it? I mean, they can watch a replay, sure. But um, the question was put out there by one of the fan sites. He's like, well, the conference sort of holds the trigger. Or, and it was uh, Pac-12 insider John Wilner was the first time. He, he threw it out there. There's only two time slots available for that game. I believe one of them's 5 p.m. Pacific, the other one's 7, 7.30. So 10.30 Eastern could do some damage. But just to kind of to the two teams that are bolting when, they, when they're both having phenomenal seasons, would they do something like that? I, I don't think so. Listen, at the, at the end of the day, um, they're probably not going to do any long-term favors for UCLA and USC, but they also know that they need – they, they need one of them to get in. Preferably, like in a, in a perfect world, they get two into the system within UCLA or USC and then in Oregon. Um, but but they, they need one of them in there. They need the exposure. They need the money. Um, but I, I, don't see them, I don't see them sticking them to the late game. And, and listen, the TV networks weigh in considerably on that. And if, if you have a 5 o'clock West Coast game, you're going to try to take advantage Well, especially of a game like that. Sure. An old school rivalry sure. that happens to be, you know, two teams thriving in the conference. I mean, it takes you back to when they both used to be annual powers. I mean, to get them on the uptick this season would be huge. Las Vegas Bowl on December 17th features Pac-12 and SEC. So, and it features Pac-12 every year. So, John Sosenti's with us, and he's around the Pac-12 folks all the time. To build on a couple of things from Willie, um, you know, you were saying hey, Pac-12 may not go out of its way to be helping USA and UCLA because they're bolting. What, what is the vibe around people? Like, what's the vibe around other schools? Are they extremely pissed? They come to grips? Are they like, hey, you know what? It happened. Now there's opportunities. Yeah, I, I think I think more than anything, uh, I was actually just with everybody. We were there. I think I, I was talking to you the, uh, the other day or when, I, when we were going to Notre Dame. Um, I was up there with, uh, with every Pac-12 school, uh, not the ADs, but the football administrators um, and the conference. And then every bowl uh, director was up there, too, for our, for our annual ops meetings. The, the, the general vibe I got is, listen, at the end of the day, nobody, nobody faults anybody for running to take money. Um, what, what they can't understand is why they would go to the Big Ten, right? There, there's confusion, and, and, and there's a little disappointment because nobody thinks about all the other sports. You, you think about football, and, and, and uh, I, I just got a nice little taste of it a couple weeks ago. I went on one of my first football trips in a long time, and we get to the bus, or we get, to the, we get on the bus, we get to the plane, then we get delayed, and we're sitting on the bus. It's not that fun traveling. And when you, when you do it six times a year, it's not that bad. But when you're a baseball team or a basketball team or uh, a soccer team or whatever it is, and you've got to go all the way across the country as UCLA to play Rutgers, it's hard, man. You, and you do it a whole lot more than six times. So I think there's some confusion as to they went and chased the money. It's decent money. But if they stayed... Um, and they committed to the Pac-12. What could the Pac-12 have done in their new negotiating rights? But I mean, could they get 60 mil a school as compared to 90 or 100 from the Big Ten? I mean, if they stay in the Pac-12, could, you know, is it trust there in uh, Klyavkov that they could bump this from whatever it is, 35 mil a year per school to like 60? I don't know if that yeah. jump's possible. Yeah, I don't either. And, and, and what the Big 12 just announced, uh, 52 million or 55 million per team? Um, the, the, listen, the, the Pac-12's biggest challenge is something they can't do anything about. You lose two-thirds of the country because of, of, of the time zone and being in the Pacific time zone, and the bulk of your, eyeball, your eyeballs are in that northeast area and the east coast area. So there's not a lot they can do about it unless they start playing games at 9 in the morning, which is, which is damn near impossible. Um, but listen, the, the Pac-12 does also provide tremendous value at the same time because they do fill that, that, that late-night time slot for the West Coast. So they're going to get something good. The last one in always gets a, 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 what appears to be a better deal than the last. 
Um, they still get something good. I just I don't know if they're going to be in that $60, 70000000 million range that you just mentioned. How about that fan take that Willie relayed, that that 10:30 slot Eastern is dangerous? I mean, you're around all these bowl people, and you know I'm sure you're at least somewhat connected to the CFP committee people. Will they stay up late to watch? Will they watch it on tape? Like, how is is the research really being done, or is the West Coast still behind the eight ball in terms of you know a true eyes and you know analysis on their play when they play late at night? Well, I think I think the committee has to, right? And if and if they're not watching it that night, they're certainly watching it the next day when they're on their way to Dallas to. Uh, to get ready for, uh, for for the selection and the ranking show. Um, like I, just, I just wonder how much accountability there is in the room if someone comes in and you're, ha- you're trying to have an educated football conversation on whatever it was, you know, Oregon, USC, UCLA, and someone there is like, eh, you know, like, I, <laughs> like you could tell they don't know. Like I wonder if the room's like that hyper-aggressive. They're like, did you watch the game? Come on, do your job. Like, because you know we would do that. Yeah, well, you have to. That's why I'm not at that level, because I just scream at people and get frustrated. You're not going to be able to fake in that room. Like, if you could sit there and watch the Sports Center highlights and think that you got a good, you know, feel for the game, but then when you you, you know you have football people in that room that are breaking everything down, and you, you can get embarrassed pretty quickly if you if you try to fake it. Well, let me ask you this: I'm, I'm looking at the committee. And, and their positions right now, I'm just going to run through it. NC State, Kentucky, Wyoming, Colorado, Navy, Wake Forest, Michigan, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Kansas State, Virginia Union, Penn State. Colorado, I mean, I don't see anybody in the Pacific time zone that's on the committee. Is this the selection committee where, where, where they're represented or where they went to school? It says this is where their position, their current position, it's, I'm assuming that the uh, their current position, and then it says the school, athletic director or former coach, most notably at Wake Forest, is one. Former didn't, didn't you mention Colorado and Wyoming? That's that's yep. not good that's enough. Not that's not Pacific time. Well, they're, what the I'm Pac- saying, they're, what in, they're in Western conferences in the Pac-12 okay, and the Mountain West Conference. I also just named 13 guys, 13 people, excuse me. T- two of them are, are in Mountain time zone. I'm just asking, should there be better <laughs> representation on the left coast? Why isn't John Sassenti on here? <laughs> John's got too many jobs. Yeah, they, they don't let they don't let bowl guys let on the selection. Yeah, yeah, you know what they ha- you know what they have started doing though, and, and I'm fascinated. On, and and uh, Bill Hancock, if you're listening to this, uh, I'll happily throw my name in. They haven't been inviting one bowl director every year to do when they do the media um, event uh, at the college football playoff, where they walk you through the process and yeah. how they do it, and they do like mock selections and mock ranking shows. They've included one or two bowl directors every year so that so that other bowl directors get an idea of how the process is done. Uh, I'd be fascinated. I'd love to get I'd love to get on that Would one. Would you bring showgirls with you? Listen, I'd be I'd be a lot more popular, but probably not. Mm. Bill Bill runs a pretty tight ship over there. Once, once John <laughs> starts making appearances, I've noticed. Especially, I mean, it's 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 not when we were at the top of the Palms one year. It's always at elite. I mean, he's the, he's Willie, always flanked by Willie, showgirls. Let, let, let's let's be honest here. We're we're old friends. We can we can we can be real with each other. I'm not that smart. And what comes out of my mouth is really not that exciting. Right. So if you put two beautiful girls on each side and you put feathers on their head, they are getting the bulk of the attention. I could say whatever right. the hell I want up there. I got news Nobody's for really you. paying attention. I got news for you. We put feathers on your head. You're going to get a lot of attention. <laughs> what do you think of what John said at the event? I don't know. Yeah, he was great. He I don't was know. Great. I, I, They're giving me the benefit. good to me. John who? They're going to give me the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, right. yeah, he was great. He was awesome. No problem. I'm glad you mentioned Bill Hancock, who's been sort of the uh, – 
Oh, I don't know how to describe it. He's been the spokesperson, uh, you know, technically for B, uh, the BCS and, and CFP. I was going to make some reference to, like, you know, Russian news agency from the 80s. But um, <laughs> we've always talked about the fact that we, as sports radio guys, years ago we would just blast the hell out of him because we didn't really know him. And then we finally met him about three years ago at Mountain West Conference Media Day. And, like, the nicest dude ever <laughs> and completely disarmed us. We felt so bad. So bad. Yeah, he's a hard guy to take shots at, huh? Because well, but he, from a distance, you're like you're backing a system we don't like, and now we're getting closer. I th- I feel like he has to work through some of the field of uh, twelve era, right? Because there really shouldn't be that many complaints. Like it's we're finally here in a couple of years. Be yeah. easy for Bill. It, it, it is. Or we'll look at it and go. It's not challenging anymore. No, it, it is challenging for a number of different reasons. And and first of all, back up to what you said. It's so true. Like, Bill's the nicest guy in the world, and he looks at you, and he's got that golly gee Midwestern. He's got this, like, just next-door neighbor smile on his face, too. But, listen, it is a challenge because, one, what are you going to do about the on-campus games? What are you going to do about the first-round games? What are you going to do with those other bowl games that service some? If you have on-campus games and, and, and eight of those teams are playing – Four of those teams that, that potentially are in the top 12 never get a bowl experience, right? Because the next week you go to a bowl game, so now they're missing out on bowl games. What do you do about the Rose Bowl on, on January? There's a lot of questions. I, I was talking more about not Bill and everyone dealing with the logistics of it with the schools. I right. was just talking about the average fan out there who wants to see a champion oh. in a tournament. Because that was really – he was the front person on that, and he would just, he'd have to stand up there, and we're all beating the hell out of him yeah. defending but, the system where we're like, we just don't like it, Bill. Yeah. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> Listen, perfect guy to do it. I'm not sure. He's great. I'm not sure I would react. To, I was going to ask you: Do you to, want to be the next Bill Hancock? Do you want to be the punching bag? Yeah, I don't. I don't you could do it. I don't know if I'd handle it the same way as Bill. <laughs> exactly. That, jer- that jersey attitude would come out quick. Uh, Johnson Sensi's with us. We'll get into what's going on with the Las Vegas Bowl. Uh, teams announced maybe December fourth. We're coming. Not, not maybe. We okay, are announcing they, teams okay. December fourth. All right. I I want to extinguish eleven fifty five a.m. I want to extinguish all <laughs> doubt on the way back uh, with the use of the uh, the Al and the game and the matchup and all that's going on around the Las Vegas Bowl. Thursdays are your chance to win a $100 gift card from Walmart, Amazon, or Visa every 30 minutes from 6 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. all November long at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Last year, that win, Jack coming here and the Sabres to beat them and Alex Tuck to beat Jack Eichel for the puck and to have like the game-winning goal essentially was just the icing on the cake. It was the cherry on top of everything. It was amazing and we loved it. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. That was one of our guests yesterday, a guy named Sal Capaccio, works for WGR. Sabres hosting VGK. And Sal was saying just how big that game was, you know, when your team sucks and uh, your old hero comes back in and he's the villain and then you get to take him out and Tuck gets the job done. He said the Sabres fans freaking reveled. In that one. John Sassenti's with us. Las Vegas Bowl. All right. So let's set this up. Let's December, set it up. December 17th. A uh, little different date than last year. There's a reason for that. You can explain that one. And this game got bigger with conference affiliations. Mountain West is not involved anymore. So now we've got the SEC coming this year against the Pac-12. So this could be a freaking mon- It will be a monster game. It will be a monster game. And, and, and the one thing I always keep trying to remind people is, uh, first of all, the SEC typically does not come out west. They, they, they typically do not play bowl games outside of their driving footprint. Um, so this was, this was very unusual and very unique for them. 
we are the only bowl matchup in the entire country that has SEC versus Pac-12. Um, it is incredibly unique. It is incredibly different. It's East Coast versus West Coast. Um, and, and that's what we wanted to do with, with, with the way our city was changing um, and, and, and the, the, the scope of the event town that we were coming becoming. We didn't want to keep it kind of status quo and keep it the norm. We thought alternating the Big Ten and the SEC would give us a little flexibility, give us a fresh approach to uh, the teams that are coming in here. Um, and, and if everybody remembers, 2020 was supposed to be our first SEC year. Uh, unfortunately, that game got canceled, and so we're, we're, we're now looking at um, the SEC uh, this year as our first year. So um, back to, to your point with regards to the change of the date, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten actually had rules written in the contract, and, and, and it was a non-starter at first that said you must play your bowl games uh, after Christmas. And so when we looked at the dates, last year we were December 30th. We were on a Thursday night. We were just le- getting up to New Year's. Uh, that, was, that, was, that was the best possible date for us, and, and, and we had to honor and recognize the two contracts. What happened was um, everybody realized that Vegas is not like any other city. It is unlike any other. You, you can do a game on the 30th in Nashville. You can do a game on the 30th in, in Jacksonville or Tampa or somewhere else, and, and, and it works fine, and that's where everybody wants to be. We are incredibly unique. One, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority wanted it pre-Christmas from the get-go 32 years ago because they had to drive tourism to the destination in the slowest time of the year. So by us going post-Christmas, they don't, they don't need us there, right? They isn't want that, us pre-Christmas. Isn't that amazing? So it's to, amazing. To, to build on that, think about it. Because people from the SEC, especially who haven't experienced this, you come here, we will swallow you up. Yeah. Like you, yeah. You're, you're a big event, but you're not the biggest event. Vegas has no. so much going on that you could actually be an oversight. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad they figured that out. Well, and, and, and to, to that point, who, who is powerful in this town? The LVCVA and, and the hotels. And MGM Resorts is a great example. We had, we had negotiated in our contract that, that team room rates had to be you know, 199 or 179 they were selling three-night minimums at $399, $499 for three-night minimums. So we were hurting the hotels. So now when we're hurting the hotels and we're hurting the convention authority, we go to our title sponsor. Our title sponsor is bringing 1,000 people out to the game this year from all over the country. So additional tourism. They're doing meetings. They're doing a private concert with Big and Rich. They're pumping money into this destination the week before Christmas. They told us last year they didn't get a good response because people didn't want to leave their homes or travel between Christmas and New Year's to to go to Vegas. That's a tough sell. Hey, honey, we're going to go to Vegas for four days right after Christmas. So now we got three. So the last one we talked to were the Raiders and Allegiant Stadium, and we said, what do you guys think? They told us, and they said, if you could go pre-Christmas, you're helping us out. And the reason for that is if we're able to open up the 30th and the 31st with all the people traveling here for Las Vegas, we might be able to book a big-time concert on that date. Yeah. If you go that early Saturday, you're now helping us as well. So we've got the Convention Authority, we've got Allegiant Stadium and the Raiders, we've got the LVCVA, and we've got SRS that all pushed us to do it. The only hurdle we had to get over was how do we convince the SEC and the Big Ten to do it. At the end of the day, do you know who, who drove the bus and who okayed it? Because the conference didn't want to do it. They put it in front of the coaches in spring meetings and said, would you be willing to play a pre-Christmas game in Vegas? And they all said, you know what? I think we would because you roll right in from the end of the season. You keep the kids on campus. You're practicing. You're feeding them. You're not sending them home. They're not getting in trouble. They're not getting out of shape. 
you come play the game on the 17th, you're home on the 18th, you sit on your couch and you watch every other bowl game and, and relax and enjoy the, the holidays. holidays. Exactly. It's a great setup for everybody. It just There was a perception for so long that it wasn't as big of a game. I'll put our game on the 17th pre-Christmas against 15 to 20 other games yeah, post-Christmas all day no long. It makes no sense to, to, to compete against everything else that takes place in Las Vegas that has nothing to do with sports on New Year's Eve because, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's a perfect time. It's always been a perfect time to be in that, round, in that time frame because there was a time when the Las Vegas Bowl kicked off the bowl season too. Right, right, yeah. right. So. And at the core of it, listen, we're back to our original mission. We needed to drive tourism to the destination in the, tra- the slowest time of the year, it, yeah. and we're going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Now, there was a commitment made from, from ESPN and ABC that they're putting us on 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. It is prime time. It is the number one game. It's ABC, not ESPN. And that's locked in. And that's locked in. Because I still we, see we, three letters. We announced, it in, we announced it in May. Yeah. No, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> we announced it in May. 4.30 Pacific. I understand. We're, kick, we're kicking that ball off. Um, and, uh, and, and we are going to be in the primetime ABC window with, with the A-team here. We're very much into this game. Very much. I might be out of the stadium changing it over. I might be, out, I might be pushing well, the tray in and out. I'm ready to go. Listen. Raiders need to play at 1 o'clock, which could happen. We're there. We're there. It's all about Vegas. We, John is all, we John's here to turnaround. help everybody. We, we'll take extra hands. We do have a tight turnaround. Yes. The, 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 it'll, be fun. it'll be a fun day in all, though, because – you know, you got two entirely different audiences, which is great because you're going to bring in, as you said, a lot of tourism. You're going to get a lot of, obviously, out-of-town people coming to watch either their Pac-12 team or their SEC town. And the locals, hey, you know what? That's cool. We're going to VGK because you got two totally different audiences. You're not even battling with another football. It's, 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 it's going to be a great week yeah. of sports. Here's what I want to happen. I want a bunch of Sabanites to be around a bunch of Belichickians. Yeah. Wouldn't that be dynamite? Give me, give me the tie-in, because pretty soon it's going to start getting narrowed down here to the teams that could be in the Las Vegas Bowl. John Sassanti's with us. He runs the thing. So the tie-in is what? Who, who, what, what slot in the Pac-12 and what slot in the SEC? Well, we share the number two. This year we share the number two pick with the, with the Holiday Bowl, so we have to work with them on Alamo picks first. Las Vegas and, and Holiday share this year at, at, at two. Wow. The goal is to the goal is to look at who each other has on the other side, make the best decision for each of our games, um, and 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 select the next one down. So as it sits um, now, which is what we did last year, and it didn't work out so well for the Holiday Bowl when no, they ended up with UCLA and, and UCLA bailed out on them. But yeah. um, so right now, UCLA, Oregon, USC, all extremely attractive. Utah, don't forget and about Utah. And Utah would be the fourth. And Utah still if, has to play Oregon. If someone went to the CFP, then then you get knocked down one Correct. more spot. Correct. But still, if those are the four teams. I mean, right. unless major things change, I think those are going to be probably be the four teams. Well, Washington, Washington, Washington's still yeah, hanging around. Point. They control their Washington own destiny. Washington yeah. plays Oregon. Because uh, I'm they, seeing they, they just made the last rankings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they've, they've got a shot here, and, and listen, they, they could potentially, Washington State could end up as a ranked team by the time they play the last game of the year. Uh, they can knock another one off, so, oh so they're definitely in the hunt. Um, the, 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 the interesting thing to me is, I can't believe I'm even mentioning this name, but if Ole Miss beats Alabama this weekend, uh, all of a sudden, I'm not saying Alabama's going to be in our window, but, but they're going to be talked about yeah. uh, as part of our window, depending on what happens with LSU, depending on what happens with Ole Miss. Um, I can't believe you're saying this. You have the Citrus Bowl picking first, right? Then the pool starts right after the Citrus Bowl, and the pool is five of us. I'm sorry, six of us uh, after that. 
and the goal is you, you, you put in who you want, uh, who's a good fit for your destination. The team puts in where they prefer to go. And at the end of the day, Sankey and, and, and uh, Commissioner Sankey and the SEC make the best decision possible for the teams. But you're talking teams that are – I mean, Ole Miss is still technically in the hunt. You've got Kentucky. You have South Carolina. You have uh, Florida. You mm. could have an Alabama. You have LSU that's still – if LSU loses to Arkansas this weekend – they're right back in there too. When um, you've done your due diligence and, and your research, and your and as you do, right? Last time I saw you, we were sitting in Allegiant, and you're like, "Yeah, I got to fly out. I'm going here. I'm going there." Right now, and I'm not asking you to project. I'm asking you when it comes to revenue and tourism and 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 this and that. What right now that is realistically still out there is your ideal matchup on November 10th. <laughs> Isn't that like? Isn't that like making a prediction? No, like, no, no, see, no, no, no. Because which not, kid do you like the no, best? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not asking you to predict which kid. I'm asking you what you would love to see, whether it's realistic or not. Well, I listen. At the end of the day, there, there, we have to we have to fulfill a couple things. We have the tourism, we have the tickets, I and know. we have the TV. Exactly. It's the three T's. Exactly. Um, I I will answer that question from the SEC side of who, what fan base have I heard the most from? Okay. Um, and, and the one thing I keep hearing, and, 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 I, and I, I continue to poke back, and I go, challenge accepted, I hear a lot from the LSU fans. Yeah. And they keep saying, they keep talking a little trash, like, oh, we'll come there and we'll drink your town dry. I'm like, you've not been to Vegas in a while because <laughs> Vegas will win every single time. You're not drinking this town dry. Uh, I've probably heard the most from them. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, the, the challenge is, and, and we had this conversation this morning. We we have a big board that we're throwing teams on, and we start we start putting teams or putting teams where we think they might go. Right? Oh, this team would be great in Texas. This team would be great in in Tampa. And then where does that leave us? At the end of the day, once we put the board together and we start, to, then we start saying, looking at their their final three games and going, okay, they could lose one. If they lose this one, then they're here. If they win this one, then they're here. So we just spent an hour putting the board together and thinking about everything, and then all of a sudden all these teams have to play each other. For example, in the Pac-12, Washington's playing Oregon, Utah's playing Oregon, UCLA's playing USC. All of that stuff gets thrown out with one or two uh, games that maybe don't go the way that everybody thinks they're going to go. And some of those, you don't even know which way they're going to go. Can you tell me right now what's going to happen in USC, UCLA? I honestly don't know. I mean... Uh they both can score points. They're both pretty good. And I could. It's a rivalry game. If you want me to. You're going to be wrong. <laughs> it's been a rough season for you. Oh, making, making picks. Shots fired. It's been tough. I have to defend you all the time. I had someone DM me the other day. You, you made a pick on a Friday, and I was like, okay, you made a pick. Someone DMs me like, didn't Willie have the, the wrong side on that? I'm like, I, I guess. I mean, it happens. It's not a big deal. I'm not gonna, you know, people are coming after you, man. I don't care. You gotta, you're you're a loud guy. You puff your chest out. You know. I don't puff expert, my chest out. I expert, don't care. You know, all that. Stuff. Oh, you care. Don't, don't let the baggy sweatshirt fool you. There's some muscle on there. Oh no no. I, yeah, I, I know. There's some I, muscle I, on there. He's very intimidating. If he gets if he gets do, mad at you. I do not care if they win or lose. Hey, listen, if you're listening to somebody else's opinion when you walk up to the window, you got issues. I'm gonna go with Alabama Oregon. I'd like to see that matchup. You, Ole you, Miss beats Alabama. All of a sudden, you know, Bama's in. A little bit of a weaker position. I think Oregon's going to lose two of the next three. Oregon so. State and Washington? Or Utah? Or Utah. I want to see LSU-Oregon. I'll tell you what. I mean, I, the Civil War is at Oregon State. Yeah. Washington is a you know a pain in the ass, especially with Penix and the offense. And what, Utah's not going to play? You want to play physical football? Yeah. Oregon, let's go. Well, well, they did that last year twice. Hey, and, if Washington, and, uh, 
Go ahead. Ethan. No, that, that's it. I was just going to say, Utah got them twice last year. They, they saw something, and they know something. And I already nailed it on Alabama. If, if Saban's going to look at it, he's like, oh, my buddy Bill is in town? Yeah, let's go. We'll win. I mean, Pac-12, we're going to beat him anyway. I'll tell you what. If we get Alabama, we'll go to Vegas. If we get Alabama-Oregon, watch how much smarter I get all, immediately overnight. If Washington State sneaks in, you know, you always bring a guest. Washington like, or Washington State? Washington State. Okay. You, if Washington State gets in, you always bring, like, you try to have an alum from each one or some sort of public figure that's. I got, I got, the, I got, I got the perfect person for you. I got for a Washington great one State. for you. Yeah, for ahead. Washington State? Can you save it? Can we do it after the break? Yeah. Okay. They'll both bring up the perfect person, I'm guessing, as we go to break. It's not going to be Nick Rolovich. Sign up for an A-Play card and receive a guaranteed $10 in free play with a chance to win up to $150 in free play at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on. Silver 7s, talking college football. Logistics of uh, all the big events around town. John Sassenti is in. He'll be with us multiple times before the big bowl game, as he does every year. He's nice enough to join us. He came down here, so thank you, John. John runs the Las Vegas Bowl. You guys were both getting all hyped up, like getting all fired up if Washington State made the game. Where are you going with this? If Washington State is the Pac-12 rep for the Las Vegas Bowl? Got to bring in Cindy Brunson. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I actually know Cindy. I so went, do I. I went, and, I went and had a good old time with her at a, uh, at a Florida football game of all places. She's dad. fun. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a blast. She's, and she's such a great person. I mean, such a good person. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm cool. I was going to drop Ryan Leaf. No, um, no. Ryan's got great stories, though. I'm sure and he he's does. not shy about telling bring, them either. Bring both in there. He's not shy about but telling stories. Say, like, like as far as, like, the grand mar- – whatever would the title be for, in representing the ambassador for Washington State, I just – Honorary she's, captain. She's such a fantastic alum along with person and par- still part of the Pac-12, right? She calls men's and women's basketball. She's part. She was part of Athletes Unlimited that came here in Las Vegas. I, I just love Cindy to death. And she's fun to be around. Yes. She's a, she's she's a, a good time. Yep. Yep. She's a blast. No doubt. No doubt. So, I'm cool with that. Okay. Ticket, situa- uh, ticket situation for the game, if I can say it. Ticket situation for the game. Yep. What's going on? So we just went on sale to the general public yesterday. Uh, little little later than, than, than we're used to. If, if you remember correctly, we're typically, you know, that July and August time frame where we go on sale. Uh, we do all our pre-sales. Uh, this year, you know, sorting through some stuff with the stadium and, and, and getting ready for a couple other things that we had to navigate. And then, honestly, dealing with the, the, the political environment and, and all the political ads – you couldn't you couldn't get any media out there. It was it was we were probably one of the highest um, spent states in the entire country with with regards to political ads, and so kind of had to hold off a little bit. We went on sale to the public yesterday. Um, as of yesterday, prior to the general public sale, we had about twenty three twenty four thousand tickets sold, uh, which is pretty good. Um, you know we've got to we've got to we've got to get going now, and as as things start to sort out and as teams start to uh, kind of present themselves and where they're going to go, it probably gets some more people's attention. But, um, but, but off to a good start. SEC Pac-12, SEC Pac-12. That's going to be the matchup. And the matchup announced on December 4th. December 4th, uh, the, the, um, the, the CFP Final Four will go at about 9.30 uh, in the morning. Um, shortly after that, you'll have the New Year's Six announcement. And then at 11.45 a.m. Pacific time is when each bowl 
starts their phone calls with each of their respective conferences. And as soon as they have their calls with their conferences and the head coach, they're free to announce publicly. So realistically, ours will be about noon to about 12.05 that Sunday <laughs> on the announcement. What, what date go. is this? This is uh, Sunday, December 4th. Sunday, December 4th. We will be at Allegiant Stadium. There is a Raiders, Raiders home game. game. So I was going to say, because we did that last year. We had we, to, we, we went down like at the, be, right before. Yeah, we're kind of so, forced to do it. If, yeah. if you remember, we always try to make that an event and yeah. invite our committee, invite local people, and just say thank you, buy some lunch, and, and talk about the matchup and, and enjoy the Sunday. Uh, last year, we got caught off guard. We didn't even think it through until a couple weeks before when we found out that the Raiders had a home game. And it's going to be tough to get any, any of our media to go to one of our events when there's an NFL home game. We, we understand that. We recognize that. Luckily, um, our friends at the Raiders uh, allowed us to use the, use the press room downstairs. We made the announcement. And then inside the stadium at the game, we, we announced the matchup to everybody at the Raiders game. So given the fact that they're home again this year, that's, that's the plan. It was nice. I, I strategized it perfectly and, and was able to tweet it before you made the announcement because the showgirls were in the school colors waiting outside the <laughs> press room. And when I walked in and everyone was waiting, I was like, oh, Arizona there State, Wisconsin. <laughs> Willie Scoop. Willie Scoop. All right, normally we bicker about the CFP and the rankings. We can do that on a spot down the road. I want to come together here, little kumbaya, talk food. You have a Northeast trip coming up. You yes. are a Jersey guy like I am, and in fact, from the same county as I am. Mama you said County. You, you said you already have your food lineup, like, all ready to go for your trip. That, I, that's impressive, and it's smart. I am, I am ready to go. Um, I'm getting in. I'm, I'm, flying to, uh, I'm flying to New Jersey tomorrow morning, taking the, the 6 a.m. flight out. I get there about 2 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to grab a quick slice of pizza, maybe go through Red Bank and – I, I assume Mr. Pizza Slice is still there. Uh, grab a quick. Bang pizzas there. Maybe it is. It might have yeah. new owners. Ah, well, e either way, I'm getting a slice of pizza. That night, we're doing a nice little dinner down on the beach in Long Branch. Uh, first thing Saturday morning, pork roll on a hard roll. And most people go pork roll, egg, and cheese. I do not like the egg on it, though. So I go the pork roll, the cheese, and the hard roll. And most people probably don't know what the hell pork roll or hard roll is. But if you're from the Jersey Shore uh, and Monmouth County, it is. Uh, you don't call it Taylor Ham. I don't call it Taylor Ham. No, you don't, you no. don't do that. No, um, I actually I had pork roll this morning. I, I can you know you can buy you can it get at, it here. At you Smith's. can buy it at Smiths. Yeah, it's like fifty dollars yeah. a pound now. Uh, <laughs> it's like the cheapest meat ever. I'm like it's a delicacy. Yeah. So I had some this morning. I forgot how much it shrunk. I needed to make more. So I go. I don't. I don't know your strategy here, but I do get the hard roll still, which you're able to get at Smiths too. Nice. I get the freshly sliced white American boar's head. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I go. I go the white American boar's nice. head on the pork roll. You see the, you see double, the slicer motion. Double yeah, layer yeah. that thing. Because uh, I don't do, you, do the egg, and I go right in for I it. i got to tell you a funny story real quick before we get out of here. So it, Smith's, they, they package their cheese, their regular, right, off to the side, and it's prepackaged. But they layer it on top of one another to fit it, so right? So it doesn't stick, yeah. No, they layer it on top of each other, and it does stick. Oh, they don't put so, the paper between. Right. Well, oh, they'll go bad. like six, and then yeah. paper, then six. No. So when, they, when the girls see me walk up, the they anger. go, we know. We know. And <laughs> we they, have, like, they throw they, their hands up. They like, have, they we've have, already heard 50 they, times. All right, They, they old have man. to slice, and then they go side by side, paper. Side by side, paper. Wow, okay. so, yeah, no, no, no. No, no. You feel good killing all those trees? <laughs> He's very selfish. Easy, Turbo. Easy. Very selfish. Yeah. So it, it's going to so be good. I'm lineup. actually going to a giant game on, on oh, wow. Sunday, yes. which I haven't been to the Meadowlands and, and met life and God knows how long. So I get to see a great bar. The bar. whole Jersey experience. Yeah, I actually got yeah. photos from uh, John Von Tobel, part of the company, and we're out in like 20 seconds here. Yeah. Um, 
he's he's staying in Hoboken. He sends me pictures of like trees in a park. He's <laughs> like, man, it's really nice here. And I'm like, it is. Even in Hoboken, yeah. you'd be surprised. It's lovely this time. The of Garden year. State. There's a reason it's named that. <laughs> All right, John, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming down. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You guys are the best. We'll be talking to John in a couple of weeks. Get you updates. Las Vegas Bowl. Get your tickets. LVBowl.com. LVBowl.com is where you get your tickets. Reno joins in in about five minutes here. Another hour on the way.